In this episode, we go over our community spotlight with our friend, Justin Clark. Talk about his Twitch streaming, his YouTube video, and a few things that are going to be coming down the pipe on his channel. We also get to talk about some heresy gaming in the local scene. Welcome to Trident Wargaming, a podcast dedicated to all aspects of tabletop wargaming. Your hosts are Bill and Andy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. This is episode 26. I am your host, Bill, and I'm joined with my co-host, Andy. Hey guys. And we're also joined with a special community guest, uh, the one and only Mr. Justin Clark. Good evening, or whatever time of the day it is where you are. (laughs) So, uh, Justin, it's good to have you on the channel. Thanks for jumping in with us. Um, Justin is one of our uh, friends down in uh, Calgary, and uh, he's, you know, pretty involved with the tabletop wargaming community. I guess for starters, uh, what have... What's been what's on the workbench right now for you guys? What have you guys been working on? Um, right now, we're starting to see things open up um, as restrictions relax. Uh, so we're starting to actually see people get games in. I think I got my first game in uh, last week or two weeks ago, oh. and it was the first one I'd played since October. Oh, nice! So that was nice. Oh, wow. We played uh, fifteen hundred points of Horus Heresy, and. Ooh, yeah. uh, I probably would have won the game, but my Praetor and his squad decided that they wanted to deep strike off of the table uh, <laughs> and be gone for the entire game. So <laughs> when you lose uh, 22, 23% of your army in the uh, second turn because of a deep strike, it kind of hampers things. But it was close. It was a 2-0 loss. So oh, nice, nice. I was happy with that. A lot less points than I see in 40k games nowadays, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. And are you still rocking Sons of Horus, or? No, I've been playing my uh, Loyalist Death Guard still. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so I painted them up, and like I've got a Sons of Horus, and I've got Night Lords, but I've just never gotten around to to doing that. Um, it's kind of like, I know when, when COVID first started and people were in lockdowns, but I was this, an essential worker, like, the whole time I've been essential. Um so there was never any lockdowns for me. If anything, it was my kids were home all the time. So there was a lot less hobby for me um, in that respect. But uh, no, so I've been rocking the Loyalist Death Guard because it's nice. I've got about 3,000 points plus painted of them. Um, so And they sit at the local game store in a display case. Nice. Uh, they kind of that promotes my commission painting and stuff and shows off what I can do and... So it's nice to be able to just show up at the store and be like, oh, hey, my army's already here. What are we going to use today? Awesome. And if memory serves me correctly, this is the Loyalist Death Guard that you had the Fellblade painted up and everything, I believe? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure it wasn't just pretending to remember that. (laughs) It was was an army that I bought and then sold and then bought back from the person I sold it to. And then added more units to it. I think I painted like inside of four weeks of effort. I put together a three thousand point army. So very yeah, nice. That's no small feat. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with oils and airbrushes, though. So. Oh, and that's that's the army for it too. Just their uh, their style of of armor and whatnot, and how gritty they can be and, and stuff. Definitely a good choice for that. Yeah, they were a lot of fun to do too. And and like when I first started painting the stuff, I was just doing it for a friend. So, you know, it's not like a a big money commission. So I'm kind of like trying to chunk through these stuff, this stuff as fast as I could. And then I was like, well, I got all this stuff back and I want to add some more to it. I might as well just stick with the same scheme because worst case, you know, it's a good army to lend out. Um, it's kind of built a little more competitive than I might like to play my own armies. Um, okay. So, you know, it's it's veterans of the long war, combi melta vets, uh, you know, Leviathan in a drop pod with siege drill and cyclonic melta lands. It's like, okay, this isn't super fluffy, but 
uh, it's also just kind of nice to have something that's quick and easy to play. And at least when you're lending an army to somebody to try out, it's like, well, at least you're not giving you crap, you know, or where yeah. you really got to work at it to win. Well, for sure. For sure. That's always good. I definitely feel it on the, uh, the no lockdown essential worker part. I know myself, it was <laughs> pretty much working the whole time as well. And, uh, you know, with the kids at home and whatnot, I was trying to get that hobby time in, but, uh, managed to sneak some in here and they're either waking up early or staying up way too late, but uh, it oh, worked yeah. out all right. It worked out all right. Lately for me, it's, uh, been pretty much trudging through some battle tech and getting the last little bits and bobs built up for my zone board so I can actually start getting that thing airbrushed. So that's awesome. That's, uh, I've been heavily tempted to pick up some Zone Mortalis stuff, and then I try to re restrain myself in with remembering how little I get to play. So, <laughs> well, hopefully that will change eventually. Yeah. You know, uh, be what nice battle to get tech are you working on? I'm working on some sweet, sweet clan mechs. Mm. Um, I ended up uh, getting <clears throat> suckered in uh, thanks to Andy and another guy. You're welcome. And uh, we played a few games uh, with the local guys here. Um, I ended up picking up a clan command star and then a heavy striker star. And I'm rocking nice. out, uh, painting him up, uh, Clan Jade Falcon from the Iota oh, Galaxy. So I've got a full that. star all painted, and I'm actually working on the second star now. So That's good. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, actually. I uh, I picked it up, and then I backed the Kickstarter right before the end of the Wave 2 stuff, mm -hmm. and I'm still waiting for all of that to show up, and it's kind of been uh, yes. a little disappointing. So I, I hear you on that. Uh, I know I uh, I did the Kickstarter, too, and I did both waves. Oh, so, nice. Like, I'm, I'm getting, like, the big bundle deal that's supposed to be coming whenever that is but it's going to be both you know first and second wave right so yeah lots I'd, of goodies lots of goodies everything i ordered was first wave stuff but they aren't shipping it until the second wave comes out so like all of the stuff that i have is already in stores mm. and it's like oh well i don't want to go buy it again and then get it later but are you guys yeah. playing uh cbt or alpha strike CBT, yeah. Okay. Um, right now, we uh, we haven't tried Alpha Strike. I, like I was an old time player back in the nineties, and um, we've been going with classic. Bill just jumped in, right? Like, like Bill's literally like brand uh, straight new up it. like noob. I showed up with you know <laughs> a painted star and some Thank dice you. and no books, no rules, no nothing. And I was like, yeah, I'm here to play, <laughs> and was able to. Uh, you know, fumble my way through a game. Uh, we ended up playing a three versus two uh, inner sphere versus clan uh, mechs, yeah. and uh, we just went off of battle value for classic. But it actually was surprisingly balanced. Um, even though we were outnumbered, it, it didn't really feel like like a one sided game. It was actually a no, lot of fun. It would help to have like um, more experienced players on those first few games too like that would go a long way oh for sure i know well, i ran my sons through a game and then i was like wow these missiles are amazing they're like so good i don't understand why every mech isn't just like missile loaded out with everything <laughs> one of my friends are like are you using the volley rules properly i'm like what are volley rules so and then i learned that missiles aren't as they're still as good, good as you thought yeah as amazing <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think no, that's was, what was, killed my my shadow cat was a cluster of SRMs. Finally busted through me. Yeah, but I was doing like if it was like SRM sixes, I was giving them six dice to hit, and then two points of damage per spot, and oh, rolling yeah. all in the same spot. It was it was a little. We learned, okay? We learned. Everybody had fun. <laughs> that's what it's oh, all that was, about. And that was just like our game too. We. Uh... Like, I, I was probably the guy who had the most experience, but it's been, like, you know, 15 years, 15, 20 years since I played kind of thing. And uh, it, it was good because, like, pretty much we were all new. We were all learning together kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of good laughs, good moments. You know, a couple of bachals called out there, you know, and uh, 
just uh, trying to take out that inner sphere Sioux rat scum. That's right. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. Bill had a, a reactor blow up on him, so his center torso <laughs> pretty much exploded. Yeah, <laughs> but it was good fun. Good fun. I know for myself, what I've been pretty much working on is just those white scars, trying to get them prepped and ready, and build some infantry for them as well. So, lots of uh, lots of cleaning up and, and uh, figuring out some paint schemes for pretty much each individual biker and whatnot trooper. Oh, for thirty k, uh, uh, for thirty k for horse heresy, and then. Uh, also, yeah, I've been, well, Battletech as well. And then working on some of the 3D terrain for, for Battletech. Ooh, nice. uh, just printing stuff out. So, yeah, so it's been been busy. It's been kind of busy since the beginning of this year, actually. Yeah, it has. And both, like, work and hobby, so, uh, which is, for me, kind of seemed to be a bit of the norm. So... Not many games, but it's starting. So uh, yeah, there'll be some... lots of time for games, right? Yeah, um, definitely going to be getting some bolt action in as well. Uh, I know oh, me nice. and Bill have uh, a match planned, a training match, so that will be good and and get Bill some experience on that game as well. And then yeah, just uh, start rolling dice, whichever game. We uh, we had a big bit sale here on Sunday and I say big but it's one that got cancelled I don't know 18 months ago or whatever um, and so there weren't as many people out for it as, as maybe people were expecting but uh, somebody was selling uh, what was it stuff for a song of ice and fire oh, yeah. I was like, oh that'd be really cool I'd really like to my brother's really into that game I could get into that and I was like no don't buy more miniatures for games <laughs> you don't play and so I, that's why bolt action stays on the far away from me <laughs> shelf it's just like no i can't <laughs> well hopefully hopefully the uh communities will come back together and start rolling out and i, I know there's some new interest into it and uh, funny enough talking with one of the uh store owners here there's the wednesday nights they're doing like the world war ii nights and uh apparently there's like flames of war is picking up in the city here oh cool so uh, that's another World War II game, which would be interesting. Who knows? Might have crossovers where guys might jump into bolt action. Or I might have to do some recruiting. There you but, go. Uh, <laughs> At least you know but, yeah. they already know the lore. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. So. But uh, other than that, I think, uh, I think me and both me and Bill too, just trying to get, hammer out some terrain yeah so either building or priming or getting ready for paint yeah it's yeah. it's just a constant stream of work in progress stuff just really trying to hammer down and get you know get heresy armies going like i have finished a bunch of my word bearers i got more to paint and build then uh, yeah dabbling into battle tech looking at my Titanicus stuff going, oh, I should probably get back on that. And then terrain and everything else is just, it's it's quite the uh, list of games, you know. Well, that's how I feel. Because then you add in all of the skirmish games that I collect, maybe not play, but with Frostgrave and um, Stargrave and all of those kind of games, plus Kill Team and 30K. And I keep trying to not, get into aos but then i keep seeing cool models for aos so oh. even even i was tempted by that dominion box yeah i was like oh sweet baby jesus i don't know uh, i'm glad i didn't simply because i'm super excited for the new kill team box now oh dude ah uh, there's that story again bill <laughs> so <laughs> pretty much i'll fill you in and any of the listeners who haven't heard this yet um, although I have mentioned it a few times. So I've always told Andy that whenever he decided to finally, you know, convert a regiment, be it with, you know, the Victorian miniature third party or 3D printed or, you know, just kit bashing his own regiment and moving on, he, that Games Workshop would wait for precisely that moment to release 
that regiment he picks in plastic. And not a week ago, he ended up telling me, yeah, I got some uh, 3D printed um, Death Corps of Krieg models. And I was like, oh, really cool, man. I was like, you know what's going to happen? And then, like, for real, a week later, they showed that plastic kill team with Death Corps and Orcs. Yeah. And uh, I was just, you know, this when you just, yes! You know, I, uh, I called it, and uh, they waited, man. They waited just for you. So how many do you have then? <laughs> so so luckily enough, I actually I was testing the waters, right? So I ended up buying a uh, a unit of infantry from uh, this three D printer uh, guy that was on Etsy, right? They're really yep. nice models. They're called Death Vision Daka Daka Store, and um, yeah, so I got ended up getting like there's like twelve guys that come with it, right? You have a a sergeant that you can equip differently, and they have a guy with like the shovel. You know the 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 trenching tool kind of coming at you right with a pistol, Perfect. which none of the plastic models have. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> they got that <laughs> mace or something. But um, yeah, like they're they're really really nice uh, resin printed. Um, the sculpts are great. They definitely do look like Death Course of Krieg. Their um, bottoms are a little bit different. Like their footwear is a little bit different. Uh, they're kind of more like metal kind of boots instead of just like the the World War One French wrapped kind of boots. Yep. Um, so uh, honestly, if I am to continue with them, I may go keep going with them. Uh, the only thing I found was. Uh, they're pretty much the same price as Forge World. Okay. So they're very expensive. Like they have these Lehman Russes, which um, have that World War One look to them. And yeah, they're like, I think they're like 130 Canadian. Good lord. So you know, their their artillery crews and artillery uh, carriages are in the hundreds as well, and it's like. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna think about it. So uh, all I was thinking wait. was, if you hadn't overly invested in infantry, you could always use them as like veterans or unit fillouts and stuff like that, where you can get away with mixing and matching. It's the same as I was talking to uh, one of the guys I work with. He's got some resin death core, mm-hmm. um, but like because a lot of it's discontinued and everything, he's not sure what all they're bringing out. I was like, yeah, man, like, just mix the two together. Like, it's going to be hard for anybody to notice. I know that there's there's some parts, like, there's some complaints about the shoulder pads and the helmets not being as squared off as the Forge World ones just because of the plastic process. And I'm like, you know what? Like, if you're picking that much of a fight, maybe you need to back off of your Battle Barbies a little bit. <laughs> Go play Cadians. Exactly, no. Like, they're... And that's their shit. Like, if... Like, all we've seen is this plastic kit so far for Kill Team, right? Yeah. Um, really cool. I, I, I do really like them as well. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a whack load of players jumping on that. Um, it would be sad if GW didn't release a whole army of them and it was just Kill Team. They've already announced that they're releasing the plastic kit. Uh, separate oh, okay. the commandos the commandos and the, the stuff if i had to take a guess at it and this is purely looking at what we've seen over the last couple of years i think you'll see this as a a dominion for aos or uh indominus mm-hmm. for 40k uh and the first kill team where they produced a product that was a loss leader so they're not making as much profit off of it uh, so you're getting really good value out of it, but it's launching a new product and it's going to be a limited run. Like all of that new orc themed ruins and stuff. Oh yeah. Like we've never seen that before. And the last kill team box brought out the new, um, Imperial sector ruins and that, that was the launch of that line. So I think you're going to see that. And then to see those other kits, what I want to see is like, are they going to include, like, hopefully they include a command squad. Hopefully there's some heavy weapons. It'd be really nice if there were heavy weapons on the sprues. Cause I was even talking about how like, like I have, I've had three or four Cadian armies 
and it sucks when you're like, cool, I get to buy this sprue that's got, you know, two guys and some weapons and cool, I'm going to pay $30 for six guys. You know, it's nice to, to mix the heavy weapons in with the rest of the squads. Yeah, I was kind of, kind of, I guess they did it with like a unit selection, right? Because you're always able to have those heavy weapon teams as a separate unit selection. But no, I totally, totally agree with what you're saying. You could, but the new attitude has been that anything that's in a choice now is in a box. Yeah. Right? Where they've taken things out or they've added things to new sprues. Where they're like, oh, you can have a thunder hammer on your intercessor, Sergeant. There's a thunder hammer in the box now. It's true. Um, they, they've they really gone the way of making sure that those box sets reflect cover. the um, war gear choices in the codex. Which is nice um, to make sure, right? Like it, it actually reflects the options that you can build your guys with. Yeah. Well, I no, think that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I think that um, mentality of creating units and not having the models for them is like way gone now. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. So, um, I, heresy is obviously going to hopefully start catching up with that um but yeah as for like 40k like they do a bang up job on any of these new releases that they come out with right like oh, yeah. all these models are getting new like they're, they're, these armies are getting new models an yeah. overhaul you know we, we started seeing it a long time ago but quick, quick note on that the heresy thing though is like i don't mind if it's something like here buy these five heavy weapons because you could take all five heavy weapons, right? Rather than buying a box of resin that's like, here's two heavy bolters and two missile launchers and two las cannons. I'm just like, cool, I want five underslung missile launchers. Sell me that. Um, that I'm okay with. I like that. And I like that they've mated that up with the plastic kits. And I hope that's the direction they're planning to continue to go with, as they've done with um, some of the more specialized units. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, no, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out for Deathcore. I think they're going to release a few more things. I can't... I struggle to imagine seeing anything like a new Lehman Russ. You yeah, know, like, no. They're, they're going to... I think they'll do the infantry for for the guard. Um, the Like, they'll do the commands. They'll do the heavy weapons. Uh are they going to do the, you know, artillery carriages? I don't know. Um, I don't even know if it's like, I'm so far out on 40 K myself, but I don't know if they're even a viable option anymore for the armies, for the Imperial guard armies. I think they are, but uh, don't quote on me on that. Um, it would be really nice to see a plastic Medusa come out though. Oh, heck yeah. Oh boy. Right. Conversion like that you know, or even something like they did the Primaris upgrade sprues and like the new one they put in the Cadian sprue um, that they sent me that new box. Like I was really, really happy with um, with the new sprue that they added in with all the pieces. Like it really fit seamlessly, but it also showed like a really new take on their direction of, of design, you know, where things used to be physically sculpted and then physically put onto a sprue and then a, a cast made of that. Um, now they're doing everything in CAD so they can get things tighter. They can get things more compact. You get a lot more plastic in a box. Um, so it'd be cool if they did like an upgrade sprue and they're just like, here, these are uh, Krieger tank crews. So if you're taking Chimeras and Lehman Russes and Bane Blades and whatever here's the sprue that you need and this gives you enough tank crews for your guys that would be nice yeah no yeah that'd be pretty cool that would be pretty cool that is entirely wish listing that is i don't have any secret information <laughs> on that so. <laughs> but i mean even even like character wise like they'll end up making a creed karmasar oh yeah know, uh stuff like that they'll make the quartermaster yeah and and who knows they might be creating other things for them as well right We've seen that, so, um, but very exciting, very very exciting to see what the rest of this year will bring for pretty much 
all the systems, really. Um, you know, AOS, 40K, Heresy, Titanicus, uh, yeah, Kill I, Team, I right? I really don't want to get my Heresy hopes up, but those pictures look so real. <laughs> I believe. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, we'll, I want, we'll be I want seeing more to believe, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, no, it's good. It, but it's I, just... I should say, because I noticed here on the just on the, the notes here, you guys were asking about because you asked me to come on and talk about streaming and stuff. So I'd started um, Twitch streaming. Yeah. And one of the things that they'd sent me was that they'd sent me um, a box of the brand new Cadence, nice. uh, which was really exciting. That was like really nice. Like uh, I've got to deal with because I used to do the It Will Not Die, Will Not Die podcast, and maybe one day I'll do that again. Um, but they, they would send me promotional items for 40 K. And so they'd sent me these new Canadians, which was really cool. Cause I still have like 30 or 40 left over from just like, Oh, I never got around to building these models. Um, so I sat down and, and I was working on streaming and I did an unboxing video that's on that I saved and then put on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I was really impressed with the new kits. Um, it was something that when I actually saw it released, I said, I can see myself going and buying two or th three of those kits myself to flesh out what I have just to get the different head options, to get some different weapon options, um, and to add some variety to it. Like one of the simplest thing that's in there is there's a, a sergeant hand that's a bionic hand, you know, and he's just pointing and it's got the sergeant chevrons on his, his, his cuff there and on his arm like okay yeah, yeah. That, that's such a minor thing that maybe but like after painting 300 cadence i'm like oh my god that's such a cool detail i'm so happy i can have a sergeant that doesn't have to have a chain sword or a las pistol or i get some options there and i get to do some different things um and with the streaming one of the things that i really wanted to push was was because i talk about sitting down and being like yeah i, I pumped out three thousand points of death guard and three, four weeks, you know, or there's, there's famously, a a terrible, terrible, regrettable story of me, uh, procrastinating. I've never procrastinated. Um, definitely not to tell this story, uh, <laughs> procrastinating, <laughs> painting an army for an event that was on a Saturday and I'd spent time. I had everything built and I built the display board and everything. And I didn't start priming until 8 a.m. the day before. Oh, boy. And then I painted the whole army for AOS, 2,000 points, plus a little bit extra, and the display board and everything, and even managed to get best painted votes in bringing this in something that I painted in. The event started at 9 a.m. the next day. And I just, yeah. It was madness, but... People are like, wow, you paint so fast. How do you do that? And I'm like, oh, I don't really think that I've done certain things or I, I don't know what it is that I do that makes it faster. But I got thinking, I was like, you know what would be really cool is to start a series. And so what I'm, I'm going to be doing on, on YouTube and with the stream is going to be doing one of the series is uh, Scala Gigantus, which is because my joke, they always call me Gigantor because I'm small or something. Um, but, uh, for the record, I'm 6'10 and 360 pounds. Yeah, he's a space dream so without I'm, the black carapace, basically. Yeah, or basically a half starties <laughs> halfway there. I don't have all of the genetic modifications. That's right. Yeah. Or the muscle. Um, but, uh, so I, I wanted to do this series. And so I started this Cadian army. They sent me the stuff and I went and found a bunch of bits. And the idea is to show how to paint an army, not just single models, but how I actually go through and painting. And I think I did, um, on the one stream that I didn't record cause I didn't know how to do that button yet. Apparently there's one button in OBS that you just press that button and it automatically records while streaming. So then you can just upload it to YouTube later. Um, so I'll have to do it again, but I, I worked through 10 Cadians in about 90 minutes and it wasn't me working at my flat out speed. It was me talking and explaining and, and talking about what I was doing in that. But a lot of that is just 
learning the little tips and the little tricks and the things that that go into well how do i paint an army faster how do i get something that looks good on the tabletop you know maybe it's not amazing maybe it's not going to get you best painted votes but it's going to get you painted models on the tabletop which in my mind personally even though i can be a very good painter my attitude is always i would just rather see someone put some effort into painting like it doesn't have to be amazing there's that terrible meme that's got uh, jack sparrow in it and the you know and the the captain's like these are by far the worst miniatures i've ever seen worst painted yes. miniatures i've ever yes. seen painted and, you know and giant ups like but they are painted and i'm like totally i'm fine with that yeah that's I'm fine with that like it it, it is true it, you make a very valid point with that like and i i know me and bill have gotten to that point now too where you know what i, I i'm not going to be an heavy metal painter right but i know i can paint decent and i want to get my stuff painted to to put it on the board so i'm cool with getting it to a certain level and i'm good right like um 100 like go ahead no i was just saying there's there's guys that uh, i know who you know they've kind of asked just some things about painting and whatnot questions and it's it's literally the same kind of thing you know what try it out you might not be the best but get stuff painted and get to a point where you're happy right so yeah. um and there's there's like so I painted that uh Lionel Johnson last year. Right. And like by the time cuz I timed it because I was charging the customer uh, it I took a little over 20 hours. You know, and so like when he he'd approached he'd be approached the group cuz he'd done it through the black market and somebody else had thrown out a number and so we kind of worked with that because he wanted things magnetized and the other guy didn't want to deal with magnetizing um the other guy's like a, a very very high level painter and he's like no if i'm doing this for like a display quality piece there's no magnets there's no nothing and he's like well i want the lion to have weapon and head options and i want to be able to use them in games so and i said to him like like honestly i'm like well four hundred dollars then is like a reasonable value for painting a primark oh because definitely you know, we're we're talking about the time to assemble, magnets, um, all of those extra. I mean, there's all of those Night Lords on the base, which I love that base. <laughs> That's um, awesome. There's, you know, and the, the whole Primark part. And I'm like, so realistically, we're talking about 20 hours. Yes, I can paint a 20-hour miniature. I can actually sit down, and if I can convince myself to take the time, I can spend 40 hours painting a miniature and make something that looks really good. I understand that I have, I've learned enough and I have enough artistic skill and talent that I can do those things and, and hone those techniques, but I don't want to spend 40 hours painting a miniature, especially not something I'm going to put on the tabletop that nobody's going to be able to see. Um, so trying to just help people, you know, it's the same as I've, I've heard a lot of comments from people about, oh, I don't use contrast the way that it was designed for. And I, I think that that's kind of a bit of a fallacy in it. It's it's how it was marketed, but I don't think that's how it was designed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've seen other paints like this before with uh, Minotaur Ghost Tints, uh, which I know you guys had Carl Tuttle on the show. Yeah, uh, he he's the one listening to the independent characters was was what got me into looking into these ghost tints because he was talking about using it as word bearers, and then I'm I'm using it, and I'm like, and then uh, I think I got some Vallejo. Uh, transparent paints because if you're ever trying to paint yellow Vallejo transparent is just absolutely the way to go for that instead of painting yellow you paint brown up to cream and white and then you paint this transparent yellow over top and it just tints everything yellow and it, it looks phenomenal um, and it's way way less screwed about than trying to deal with actual yellow paint um, you know and it's like so so these paints have existed Games Workshop just put it out, and then they decided, like, hey, here's how we're going to market it to the general public. But then you start looking at people doing stuff, like you see Darren Latham and and hearing that heavy metal painters are using contrast paints for skin tones because they're like, yeah, you you use Gilliman Flesh as a skin yeah. tone, and you get three layers of paint. You know, like you could do all of those other layers, but why wouldn't you cut corners when you can? Um, so yeah, that's kind of what, what my goal with the stream is, is just to do that. It's also to 
try and help grow the community, um, to show off, get people involved. Um, I found that I wasn't painting for about three months. I didn't paint. Um, and I started watching one of the local, uh, 3d printer groups, Grimforge. They started a stream where they're streaming, uh, 40k games and AOS games. And they're just going to start streaming, uh, D and D campaigns. Um, and then I was watching them and then they, somebody else came in and I was like, Oh, I want to go see what this person's doing. I was watching, I found that, well, all of a sudden I wanted to paint while somebody else was streaming them painting. And then I could take a break from that and I could put a comment in, or I could comment to something that was happening in that stream and in that chat. Uh, and then I could go back to my painting. It was kind of like, Copy even that. though I'm downstairs. Yeah. Even though I'm downstairs in the basement by myself, I'm not by myself so much yeah but i don't have to deal with people because <laughs> so we uh we kind of did that too uh um not so much stream but like uh on a sunday night one of the guys local guys was you know doing the call out of saying hey come join us and uh, working on our little challenges and stuff right so we would spend like an hour and you know there's like five of us hanging out and we had our cameras kind of going so we can kind of see what we're uh, working working on and then uh you know just chit chat and stuff about games and you know different armies and whatnot so it, it's a real good way to get um back into the game you know painting um even you know building stuff it just that there's that setting right there's you're you're there with some buddies you're doing stuff that you guys love um, you know, you're getting stuff done, people are talking, you get different ideas. So it's definitely a lot helpful with, with either, you know, hanging out with buddies or checking out podcasts or, or just whatever's out there. Right. So definitely agree with that. And, uh, you know, once you get yours rolling, that'll be pretty fun to, to check out and, uh, put in the background and. Most definitely. Just start working on stuff. I'm already I'm already subscribed to YouTube. Well, thank you. <laughs> so that that was the big thing. It, I think, especially with you know how COVID and everything went down, having the internet, having access to you know our friends on Discord, just like we're talking now, was uh, a really big benefit, especially to keep like the hobby times going and uh, staying connected. Um, it definitely played a big part i know for myself just being able to you know uh have the cameras rolling and we're all painting and doing our thing and yeah it, it definitely uh it definitely helped because i know we met up quite a few times and i think we'd like to start doing that again actually we because that's the server we have for the warriors lodge so yep. it was nice to uh get that rolling and it, it's you know to touch base back on what you were saying about you know just getting stuff painted i know a mantra that um someone shared with me is finished not perfect and that actually really stuck with me and it still has for how simplistic it is but you know you can spend you know 20 hours on a model and you can keep going like i know my lehman russ i got about 16 17 hours into him and he's really good i know i could go longer and harder on him but Again, it's a model for the tabletop where I'm actually using it as a playable model. So, you know, putting the 50 hours into a model that's not going to be entered into, you know, a crystal brush or a golden demon standard. To me, I'm happy where my army is and that particular model is. And it's still usable as like an actual game piece. So I think it's, I think it's definitely uh, uh, something to keep in mind when you're painting and we've mentioned it before in a few podcasts, you know, with painting for yourself. Why are you, like, make sure you're painting for yourself and not to compare yourself with others on social media. Because it's very easy to get caught up in that Las Vegas-esque atmosphere on Instagram and stuff. You're like, wow, look yeah. at all these wonderful artists. And my stuff, I can't even come close. I'm out, right? Like, it can be a little discouraging, but... A lot of these people, such as yourself, are willing to stream, are willing to comment and share tips, and that—that's why I can't recommend, you know, the 
the YouTube and streaming enough. And we'll definitely make sure your links are in here because I'd love for people to check that out. I know myself, I'm interested in the process that you're going to be going through on painting an army quickly. Um, yeah. Well, and, and kind of the attitude with it and a couple of points to hit on that is, you know, when you talk about the social media part, um, a lot of what you don't necessarily see is like, now a, a lot of people talk to me and I get comments all the time on social media, especially locally. And people are like, wow, you're one of the best painters in Calgary. I'm like, well, I know for a fact that isn't true. Cause I know some of the best painters in Calgary. And then I see things on social media and I'm like, wow, that is, I could never, or I maybe not never, but I'm not interested in that where you talk about, yeah, I could spend 50 hours on a Lehman Russ, but if I only have one painted Lehman Russ, I can't play a game with that. No where I could spend 50 hours and I could paint a whole company of Lehman Russes and you sure they're not going to be, you know, as amazing, but get close. Um, I think another thing too is, is even just trying to get that community back. Um, I, I know that missing gaming, um, and getting into stores has been hard for a lot of people. And I know not everywhere in the world has the same, uh, freedoms, um, and, and lack of restrictions as we necessarily have right now, uh, for better or for worse, that may be, yeah. um, you know, and, and people are still, still battling through this and aren't done it. So, so getting that, getting that sense of community, whether it's posting in a discord channel or chatting in a discord channel or joining a chat or posting on social media, your work doesn't have to be amazing for you to be proud of what you've produced as an art product. Um, you know, you could be proud of what you've done because at least you sat down. I know for me, a, a big battle that I have with that actually fuels my my mental health depression struggle is being frustrated that I don't paint enough. Because I'll look down in my basement and be like, oh man, I should have painted today because, you know, I've got 2,000 unpainted miniatures of my own before we even talk about getting into stuff that I'm doing commissions for. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. You know, and so that, that becomes kind of a point of shame. And sometimes it's like, Hey, don't buy new models because you know, you still haven't painted those ones or sometimes it's, well, maybe you should sell it. I mean, it's been four years that you've had those yes. jeans dealer cult guys, yes. you know, like <laughs> if you're not going to do anything now, and if you want to do them, they still sell them, you know? So yeah. there's some things where it's like, cool, I've got Battlefleet Gothic ships. Well, maybe I won't sell those because trying to get those back could be challenging. Um, but there's other things where it's like, well, you know what? Like, cool. You want some gene stealers? I got gene stealers. You can have them. Um, so, but Anyway, my point was trying to get to, um, trying to get that community there, trying to get there, trying to get people to produce what they're happy with. And maybe you're not happy with your work right off the bat. Um, I actually keep the first ever miniature I painted, um, here on my desk. Um, and it's awful. It's terrible. Um, but I always try to keep it there to remind me of this is how far I've come as well as this is how much further I can go by looking on things on social media and, and reaching out. I also find that, um, because I've had a chance to meet some really incredible hobbyists. Um, it seems to me that actually irrespective of, of what their trade or industry or, or what it is that they're really talented at, Often the most talented people are the most approachable um, and willing to share what they know uh, because they remember when they weren't as good or they always remember, I, yeah, but I could still be better. Um, and so I find that, that, that when you find like really, really talented artists or, or musicians or uh, tradespeople, like really the best of them are all willing to to sit down and teach things and, and want to help you to get better. So yeah, I don't paint as well as Angel Gerald is. Um, but I sure did go out and buy his books um, because they're fantastic. Like the, the, and some of the stuff like painting busts, I don't know if I'll ever sit down and paint a bust again, but there's even color theory things in there that are really useful. Um, 
so you know going on checking out stuff on twitch checking out stuff on youtube uh throwing out some follows and subscribes like it it goes a long way to help those people get some more exposure and maybe that helps somebody you know you're one day you're you're cruising along and you're like man i wish i knew how to paint ultramarines like andy does yeah you know and then one day you stumble upon it and you're like oh wow he does it like that that's that's way easier than I thought it would be for such a beautiful looking army because it is a fantastic looking ultramarines army, even if it's ultramarines. <laughs> I, I hope that you'll paint the ultramarine for the base for, uh, Argyle tall for bill. Oh, he wishes. <laughs> I, I hope you do. It's funny. It's funny. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned that because, um, our friend uh, Darren, he uh, he ended up giving me his ultramarines, and he wanted me to do the same colors onto onto his marines, right? So I told him, okay, well, I'll do the base colors, you know, I'll, I'll do the my my highlights and stuff that I, I did for my army, and you just you just work on them slowly, right? Because he's you know he's having tr- troubles painting for long periods of time and whatnot, but you just do the details and stuff and, and go at your own pace, but I'll do this, I'll do this work for you. Right. And, yep. um, sure enough, like it was like a hundred Marines and like a whole bunch of tanks, dreadnoughts, jump troops. And, uh, the nice thing was it was yeah. giving back to him as well. Right. So, um, and the, and the thing with it too is, was there was a couple of Marines, like uh, actually more than a couple of Marines, but there was a lot of miniatures that needed some uh, some care. Um, some of them were pre-owned and needed some repairs and you know, adjustments and stuff. So I did that all for them. But just to have gotten them all done in a weekend, and and you know, like with the airbrushing, where I kind of just got into it, and maybe a few months down the road. Um, it was nice to get that progression going. It was nice to uh, to get all that practice to do that blue. So when it comes to Bill's Argo Tal, that should be no problem to do. Um, Much appreciated. I just might take Argo's head off oh, of the no. model or something. You no. won't actually yeah. get Argo Tal. You'll just get the base. <laughs> yeah, you'll, just, you'll just get the base. <laughs> well, I, um, I won't but... lie. Painting that uh, that. Word bears Leviathan I did for my buddy Aaron. Um, oh, it was gorgeous. Painting all of those dead ultramarines oh, yes. on the base. That was probably the best part of the whole model. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good fun. Good fun. No, I, I actually I forgot about that model too that you did up. That was that was a nice one. Yes, it one was. of these days I'll finish the rest of the army. <laughs> oh, for sure that. A lot of word bears creeping up, well, man. That Leviathan gave me a lot of inspirations when I was, you know, looking at word bears and eventually started my own. Like, I really liked the look of it, and um, I didn't quite emulate it, but it gave me something to kind of work with in my mind. And then I was able to experiment with uh, contrast in a way, again, not necessarily the way it was pitched, but you know, a way that it actually worked for me and yeah, they turned out decent. So I've been happy with that process, but yeah, that well, it's, uh, Leviathan it's, was pretty legit. Speaking of not just a contrast, but painting things like even like, like the first time it would have been recommended to me to use purple as a shade color for, for red was like my brain exploded. Yeah. Where I was just like, what? That doesn't, I don't, What? How does that work? You know, and, and, and then working through it and figuring it out. Um, and then I picked up, uh, I've been buying some of them slowly. These, uh, ammo, uh, by MIG, uh, shaders. Oh yeah. Like little droppers and they're great, but I was having a problem. I couldn't get them to work. I couldn't figure out why I was having such a fight with them. Same with some of the inks that I was using. Uh, And then I was watching a YouTube video and someone just casually throws out, oh yeah, make sure you put a matte varnish down first. Um, because the surface tension helps these shaders grab into where you want them and be more directed. And I did that. I used a matte varnish first, and I was like, oh, wow, this is so much better. I feel like an idiot. 
<laughs> just a game changer. Yeah. yeah, just a huge game changer, and something that's that's so so minor that I wouldn't have thought much of. You know, whereas if you're doing oil paints, um, there's a lot of benefit to putting a gloss varnish down first. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I know it, it's funny with uh, each, like, I guess each army that I've, I've so far that I've kind of done uh, on the various systems and stuff. Almost every army's it, it, there's a, a little bit of a different technique or a different product that I've tried to use, right? Like the white scars of after talking with Bill for a while and, and, and Bill's, you know, been using that, uh, uh, streaking grime. Um, I decided to pull the trigger on my white scars. I was a little afraid though, right? Like, okay, how's this going to work out? I don't know. Um, but the minute I tried it out, I was like, oh my goodness, this has just changed everything for me. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. just a, it's just another tool to use, and like I'm just looking at it. And I'm like, okay, this is a pretty neat shade. This works well. It gets into where I want it. This is going to be awesome for my World War II miniatures. You know, those earth tone colors and whatnot. Um, so I can't recommend like literally going online, checking things out, doing some research, talking with people, trying trying just new product or material like even if it is just you know one bottle of something right so it's uh it's nice that there is just tons and tons of material out there to learn from to use to practice with to play you know anywhere from if you're still doing the old brush thing where all your painting is brush brushwork well there's so many different options now for brushes out there and and whatnot uh, you know you've got your airbrushes as well and just different ways of doing things powders and, and whatnot um and the nice thing too is like one of our one of my good friends um he's been in the gaming you know industry for so long but he's not you know he's he says to himself he's not a great painter right and that's cool. He ends up taking the contrast paints that they came out with and he just loves them and he gets armies done. And you start looking at them like, they actually look really good. You know, he's like, oh, no, no, they're like a five foot away kind of army, right? But yeah, you know what though? They're tabletop ready and they look good. You know, bravo. Like, that's awesome. That's, that's your style. You're happy with that? Roll with it, man. You know? So, yeah. and, that's where we're with this Cadian uh, army that I'm working on, which probably might end up using some uh, Deathcore Krieg. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> with that that I'm doing with with this project of teaching to paint armies, I'm actually not using an airbrush specifically. Like I, I took that mm -hmm. out, um, and in the first one that I didn't record, so I have to re-record. Um, I even talked about the fact that I'm using uh, Rustoleum camouflage spray paint from walmart oh, yeah yeah because uh, it's eight or nine dollars a can and it's yeah you know what 100 percent. there are better products out there um some airbrush primers or or getting games workshop chaos black i mean there is not i think i've never run into a better miniature primer than chaos black um it is pretty sexy but, but it's expensive it is yes. and i was like okay well how do how do we cut that out or how do we, you know, trim, trim some of that. And even with the colors and, you know, and, and saying like, yeah, you know, at the beginning you learn to dry brush. And then at some point, um, everybody kind of gets told, oh, dry brushing is like a really amateur paint method. I'm like, yeah, but now that I'm getting more experience, I'm getting back into it. And I'm like, man, you know what? Dry brushing has its place. There's times that I do it, mm -hmm. um, because it just speeds things up. So that's a lot of the attitude. I, I think there's there's a, so much information out there depending on what you want. Uh, maybe sometimes too much information, but I mean, that's the curse of what you got. Uh, compared to when I started painting and we had White Dwarf Magazine. <laughs> yeah. And you got to read yeah. about things. I like, it wasn't until literally 15 years later that I actually learned how to stipple. 
because I'd, I'd read, oh, this guy stippled these, these Eldar models and they look really cool. I'm like, cool. I don't understand what he's trying to accomplish. And I tried to do something like it. I'm like, this isn't turning out like what they're talking about. And then I yeah. like finally watched a video on it. I was like, oh, well, they, they didn't say that in the article. That's not what they, you know. Or you get like those old uh, white dwarf articles where it's like step one, step two, step three. Somewhere magic happens, and step four, it's finished. Yeah, it's heavy <laughs> metal. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that is oh, exactly. God. That is exactly how it is. Yeah, that was. That was like no lie. That was like twenty plus years ago. That's how the white dwarfs used to be, and you're like, huh? Okay. <laughs> Not even. I, I would say even ten years ago, where YouTube tutorials weren't very big. Um. So I, I think there's a, a lot of room there. I think there's a lot of, of stuff. And I, I really encourage people, like I said, like if it means that it helps people sit down and hobby because I just happen to turn on my camera at the same time that I'm hobbying, perfect. Like, because that's what other people have done for me. They've done hobby. I'm like, oh, you know what? I really should sit down for, you know what? Maybe I don't have an hour or two hours, but I got 20 minutes. I can sit down and I can do, you know, some some armor plates on some Cadians or you know, pick out some skin tones on these crazy Sinbad miniatures I'm painting. Absolutely. Any little bit of time helps, right? Like, yeah. that's that's the one big thing, too, for, for guys who are out there um, painting and, and who might be just kind of starting to paint and might think it's a bigger challenge than it really is. You know, every little bit that you put into it just helps you get further through it yeah. right like i got 10 minutes you know what i can do the white buckles or the silver buckles on on the the jackets for five guys boom done right yeah. and you just continuously do that and next thing you know it's like oh wow i got these 50 guys done sweet yeah right so I, I know that's been working for me um and i know like there's there's times where me and bill are just chatting you know, over the phone or over Discord, and that's what we're doing—just chatting yeah. and painting. And that's it. No, no rhyme intended, but for real, twenty minutes a day goes a long way. Yep. Oh yeah. The uh, the other one I'll throw out there too is, especially as some of us are starting to get older um, and having families and stuff, like getting that time to sit down and drop fifty hours into a Lehman Russ or whatever it is, like, you know, you. Oh my god, I just realized you were talking about the Primarch and not the tanks. That's okay. I was rolling with it either way. <laughs> it still it still made sense. Ah, <laughs> uh, the worst Primarch. Anyway, um whoa whoa. Yeah. Uh <laughs> but uh I lost my point by coming up with that brain. You're talking about getting and old. Family and old. I'm talking about getting old, but family and stuff, you know, well, like rest. like having Having that time to say, well, I'm going to spend 300 hours painting an army. Yeah. Well, I don't have 300 hours anymore. No. Um, you know, if, if I've got 300 hours, I could probably spend 200 of that with my kids. And that's going to go a lot further in their lives than me playing with my toy soldiers. Um, so there, there's part of that of, of trying to do that. And the other part, too, is sometimes I will, I'll feel like I don't want to paint. Or you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to exercise or there's something that, you know, that needs to be done, but you don't want to do it. And I'm like, you know what, if I just go sit down 15 minutes, I'll set a timer for 15 minutes. If at the end of 15 minutes, I still don't want to paint, then I won't paint. Uh, but if I go and paint for 15 minutes, lots of times I find that, you know, or if I start working out or doing my stretches that I need to do, you know, you spend a few minutes doing it and you're like, okay, this isn't so bad. Or maybe I'm motivated and it's just... Getting that initial start um, isn't always easy, but if you can trick yourself into that, that, you know, I think I read an article once many, many years ago that was like, paint an army in 15 minutes. I was like, whoa, how do you paint a whole army in 15 minutes? Um, <laughs> and then the, the point of the article was do it in 15 minute chunks. Yeah. Like you're, you're waiting oh, for something, okay. you know, yeah. or you, you know, you, you threw, uh, you threw box pizza in the oven or you order pizza and you're waiting for pizza to show up at the door and you're like, man, I got 15, 20 minutes till they show up. I'll go. And like you said, I'll paint the buttons on five guys or I'll go paint the black on 10 las rifles. Um, you know, and you're like, oh, well, I didn't really 
accomplish much, but you're like, but then you realize, well, you know, that's 20 minutes I'm not going to spend later because I'm 20 minutes further ahead now. So if you can get those little chunks in there, that can often go a long way. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, it's the, good, sol- solid advice, right? Like, yeah. uh, especially if there's anybody who is just getting into painting, like, by all means, hit us up, you know, uh, just let us know what you're going through. And if you want to ever jump on the channel or something or, or whatnot, and uh, just kind of chit chat about painting and actually paint, we'll, we'll have stuff open and uh, get people on there. And I think even with the, the Warriors Lodge, we'll start that up again, I think, just to start getting things uh, rolling. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Just that little thing can help, you know, a couple of minutes here and there, or just sitting down with some buddies and just talking and painting lets you get your projects done and, and whatnot. So well, uh, that's kind of what I've in the last, I don't know, last, well, since the beginning of this year, really, cause we went into our big painting challenges and we threw it out to the communities and even did some give, some giveaways, right? And I know we did Bolt Action, Legion, uh, some Heresy. Necromunda. Necromunda, Titanicus? Yeah. Did we do Titanicus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Titanicus as well. You know, and, and the, we got some stuff done. And other guys got stuff done too. So, you know, so, nobody was playing. <laughs> Pushing the right direction. Yep. So, and as, as you were saying about getting the ball rolling and stuff, um, Calgary is starting to pick up again uh, for the gaming. Um, we're starting to see more uh, 40K games get booked. Um, there's about six of us uh, right now that I can know that I know of off the top of my head who are uh, getting the, the dust off of our 30K armies and starting to look at that. Oh, very nice. Um, just, just trying to see how uh, things go, and now everybody's trying to figure out how to be people in person again and but uh <laughs> no but the the even the one store the ogre's den um that's the one that's closest to my house uh and i think you guys were there you came down for a, a tournament when we yes, were doing sir. the charity tournament yep um they've they've now relaxed the restrictions and they've got their tables back together so they went from having six tables in their gaming space to their back out to 17 oh wow um and so people are getting excited about that uh, for the whole time when they were having games, uh, once the restrictions had eased to stage two, they were, uh, you had to reserve a table ahead of time mm-hmm. and they were doing it like you had to, um, basically you could spend $10 store credit. Like you, you bought a store credit for snacks or, or just put it on your account for credit and that reserved your table just to make sure that people were actually using when they were making, um, reservations so you're not using you know saying oh i'm gonna go play a game and then you know somebody could have been playing a game and you back out um so they're they've removed that so you don't have to pre-book your tables anymore um they're getting all the terrain back out and getting stuff so that's gonna be exciting and i think uh some of us are are getting excited about actually putting minis on the table again oh that's gonna be great i know we're definitely looking forward to uh running smaller type events. I don't think I'll be doing a whole lot of renting out of halls or anything this year in particular, but um, being able to host, you know, a 10 or 12 man event uh, is definitely kind of on the docket. And I know we're looking forward to trying to connect with our heresy brothers down in the South. So it'd be nice to uh, definitely uh, get some games and get some FaceTime with you guys down there as well. So we're always always willing to make the uh, trek out and roll some dice and just, you know. I, I think the big attitude I've seen from a lot of people here, though, is, is a desire not to just rush into things yeah. right away. And just... Baby steps. Because, baby steps and to remember, like, we're not 100% over this. So, we you know, we got to take our steps. But I'm hoping to see that. I, I also wanted to talk to you guys about maybe seeing if we could do something where... Uh, we host two events in different cities at the same time. Oh, yeah. 
um, and kind of do a, you know, loyalists and you guys are on planet shithole Edmonton and we're in planet awesome Calgary. But, you know, fighting over maybe like two two places in the same star system. Yeah. Um, or two different things to just kind of mix it up a bit. Um, that, yeah, maybe we're still not face-to-face in the same place, but still getting that interaction and getting some community built back up. I definitely like that idea. Especially being able to, like you said, if we're both fighting over two different spots and the scores can kind of, you know all get pooled together and it kind of continues to ramp up in a story that would be actually a lot of fun things to look uh, forward to could could tie into some of our projects that are being worked on oh yes behind the scenes so there's uh there's definitely some planetoids to fight over i'll just leave it at that (laughs) so excellent well i look forward to it sure uh, yeah, I won't make you spill any of your secrets here live on air. Might as well yeah. save some of the good stuff, especially now that I threw something at you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, again, thank you so much for jumping on the channel with us and uh, just, you know, talking hobby, painting, heresy, and, uh, you know, just sharing little tidbits with the, the viewers. And for everyone out there listening, like, you know, please be sure to check out those links in the description. And, uh, you know, like, share, subscribe to uh, Justin's YouTube and uh, jump on his Twitch because uh, I think you'll learn quite a bit on there. And he's definitely got a lot of uh, a lot of talent and skills to offer. So, if nothing else, you get to laugh at my gigantic hands assembling miniatures because <laughs> I I sent the link to one of the guys that I work with. And uh, and he doesn't do miniatures. He just, you know, he'd heard me talk about them before, and I'd showed him pictures. And he watched the YouTube videos. Like, how do your hands work with stuff that that's, that's that tiny? I'm like, I don't know, man. This has been <laughs> the way it's been for the last twenty it years. Just happens, so yeah. And there's even a dick joke in there, but I'll <laughs> let you guys let that one drop. <laughs> well thank you i I do appreciate for you guys reaching out uh it's good to come on and get chatting and i miss seeing you guys down here in calgary and coming up to edmonton so hopefully we can see more of that soon exactly definitely awesome well thanks for thanks for tuning in guys we hope you enjoyed the episode and we will catch you guys next time